Financial faithfulness. Everybody say financial faithfulness. Come on, shout it again. Financial faithfulness. Now, I think that globally and in Africa, Ghana, anywhere you find yourself, you will, you will discover that finances are becoming very important in the time in which we live. In the sense that, number one, we all need more money than what we have. How many of you are here, you need more money than what you have? That is correct. Everybody needs more money than what you have. Number two, money is in short supply. How many of you know that? That the money you need more than what you have, the money is not even there. And then number three, there is a lot of debate and argument about money. TUC is arguing about money. Charles is arguing about money. Nurses are arguing about money. Doctors are arguing about money. And churches are in war about money. The media is wild on money. Politicians are wild on money. Entertainers are wild on money. As for sportsmen, yeah. the war, the money is determining all the decisions they take as possible. So the church will be playing the ostrich. If we continue running away from issues that have to do with money, we have to explain. And one of the areas of money that is a challenge is the area of tithing, 10%. Should I pay or not? Even if you, the pastor, don't address that question. It is a question in the minds of people that must be answered. So, you may not answer the question satisfactory. You may not answer it in a satisfactory manner to everybody. But at least make an attempt. Make an attempt to let somebody understand what this whole tithe is all about. After all, you try to explain many things to people. Things that have to do with the weather, things that have to do with their health, things that have to do with their nutrition, things that have to do with their history, their culture. So every month you are expecting somebody to tithe and you are not teaching on tithing. You are not explaining it. Then the person is going to do something he doesn't understand. Yesterday I took a little record and I tried to find out the tithing pattern of the church. So I called for almost all of you here, your record, and I checked you for three months. So I looked at you in February. I looked at you in June. No, I, I think I looked at you in February, yes. Then I looked at you in May or June. Then I looked at you in July. And for many people, I saw that their tithe was working like that. This month is this high, the following month is low. So... It's like, okay, maybe some months they were blessed more than other months. You don't know. Um, then some, some people too, the, the thing is constant. So it means that every month God bless them the same way. Somebody may be asking in your head, ah, so did he see mine? Yeah, I saw yours. Okay. But um, I don't know. Mommy will tell you, the whole of last night, I was praying on finances. I was praying for businesses. 
was praying for individuals. I was praying for titans. I was praying for the challenging areas of finances in the economy of the country and the various individuals and businesses. The, the, the thing about money and finances, where we are, we are at a very serious place. And after this meeting, we are going to pray. Now, talking about finances and tithing, one of the arguments in the church normally is that tithing is under the law. It's mosaic law. So believers should not tithe. But when you check in your Bible well, you find out that tithing started long before the mosaic law. And I told you that even the principle of the forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden and the principle of the Shabbat should inform you that God is always against the indiscriminate usage and consumption of the things he gives us. That for everything he gives us, whether it be time, it be money, or it be people, there are some that are dedicated to God. So you enter even every family, and among in the family, if God has a plan for that family, he takes some of the people for himself. So God will come into my family and decide that, okay, uh, sorry. How many are your children? She says eight. Said okay. 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 The issue, the second born. I need him for ministry, and God will just take me without the permission of my family. So I tell mommy every day. I say me. God has carried me. I tell her. I say. I say. I say that God has possessed me completely from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I, I'm thinking, I, I don't belong to my family. I, I don't belong to them. I don't belong to them. I, I don't belong to my family. I don't belong to the extended family. I don't belong to the nuclear family. I belong to God. I was telling um, Julie and Ernest in the office. I said, Ernest, me, I don't belong to my family. I told them, I said, I belong to the church. I told them, I belong to the church. I told them, I belong to the church. I belong to, I belong to Pastor Mike. I belong to Pastor John. I belong to Chairman Clement. I belong to them. I, I'm taking. That means if I'm deciding on something to do with my life, whether to preach, not to preach, sleep or not to sleep, the first thing I would think about is the church. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So even the children God gives you, pray about them well because there are some of them that belong to him. You cannot take some decisions on some of the children. No. God will come in. How many of you know about firstlings? Firstlings means of all the animals, your your of all the offspring of your animals, some of of them belong to God. You have to understand things like that. So now it comes to money, material things, and in the material things also, there are some that belong to God. You have to understand like that. Even when you come to a physical building like this one, this building, everywhere belongs to us. But as soon as you are coming on the stage, you are careful. Every part of the building is the same, but where we stand and preach is different. 
That means if you are very, very hungry, you may eat yogurt where you are sitting. But if you come and stand where the pulpit normally stands and start eating yogurt, an angel may slap your mouth. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to now start understanding that some things are sacred. And even when it comes to the ground, God told Moses, said, Moses, this place you are standing now is holy ground. You have to start, start understanding things like that. You have to start understanding things like that. That is why in our local culture, there are certain houses when you enter, they tell you, remove your shoes. No matter how angry you are, you cannot go to a pastor's house and fight. Because the pastor's house is different from other houses. So no matter how angry you are when you are getting to the pastor's house, even if you are the devil, you have to pretend to be an angel. Can go and find that. So, Abraham understood the principle of tithing. In Genesis 14, you have one of the most interesting stories you can ever see in the Bible. And I checked some few archaeological records and some historical records. And I realized that archaeologists have done excavations in the Middle East and discovered this valley of Sidim where this battle was fought. There was a war in the sense that some four kings led by one Chadolauma, the king of Elam, kings of Mesopotamia, came against Sodom, the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and they fought against some five kings. They attacked Sodom and Gomorrah and at that time Abraham's nephew called Lot and his family were in Sodom and Gomorrah and they came and they carried the people they defeated Sodom and Gomorrah and they carried the people away captive but they took them captive women, children men they are good and left Abraham was in the plains of Mamre when somebody ran and told him and said daddy he said what is going on he said some kings, four kings have attacked Sodom and Gomorrah and other kings and they have looted the place and carried them away captive. They've taken human beings and taken goods and they've left. And the Bible said, Abraham said, this cannot happen. He went and took a 318 armed men from his own house. Oh my goodness. I told you I read the historical record and I've read some of the archaeological findings about this battle of Sidim, the battle of the valley of Sidim. And it is a real battle that took place in the days, in the Bible times, and historians agree that this Bible, this battle took place. So it is not a figment of somebody's imagination. Historians agree that this war took place just like the battle of Nsamangor took place. So, it is a real story in the Bible. That Abraham, a man of God, who sees visions and dreams and carries the presence of God and God spoke to him at the same time, he had the courage to build an army, trade 
armed men. Sometimes when you are a man of God and you are training armed men around you, people say, why is a man of God training armed men? Can angels defend him? Abraham had angels at his defense. But God sometimes would demand that you have trained amen. Because there are some people, it is not angels that beat them up. It is human beings that beat them up. Why didn't angels go and fight against the five kings that attacked Sodom and Gomorrah? But Abraham's trained men. Somebody says, so daddy, do you fight? I don't because I'm not strong enough. But if I could wrestle people to the ground, Mbano, I'm not going to be standing there saying the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. No, that refers to the welfare, the weapons, that refers to the battles that are not carnal. But if a battle is carnal, I will deal with it at that level. Am I talking to somebody? At I remember some years ago when there was a war in Nigeria. War! They were killing the Christians. Then Idahosa and Oedipo and Ko got up and said, At next Sunday, when you are coming to church, everybody should bring a cutlass. Any weapon you can lay hold on, bring it. That Sunday, no enemy came there. Because anytime they attacked the Christians, they said they were praying. And listen, where the, world, where the world is going, Christians have to start understanding some things. Some of the war is political. Some of the war is physical. Some of the war is cyber war. Some of the war is on computers. And the church will have to learn to fight it. We need the people that are smart. The people that are strong. So that anywhere the battle comes from, we have people that can deal with it. Financial war. We have the people that have the money to fight the financial war. Intellectual war. We have people that have the intellect to fight the war. And I pray in the name of Jesus that God will so equip this house that a battle at any level we will have people that can fight the battle. And when the occult come up with occultism, we have the people with the firepower, like Pastor Livingston and Pastor Priest who can deal with it at the spiritual level. Then something comes at the political level, and we have the politicians in the church that can deal with it. Something that comes at the educational level, we have the academics that can deal with it. We have the professors and the doctors and the engineers and the lawyers. Am I talking to somebody at all? Look at last two weeks when we were faced with a medical condition. You know, some of the battles we fight, sometimes we think that all the battles are spiritual. We're faced with a, bat, a medical condition. Two weeks ago, the hospital here did their best. They couldn't. We lost the person. What about if Fountain Gate had a specialist in issues like that. And I told Chairman Clement, I said, Chairman, let's learn our lessons. Next time people are coming here in numbers, 
Let us put three top medical professionals in the plane and bring them to Bogatanga. So that in the event of an emergency, we have one of our people who is the top medic. And the person talks to the medical facilities here before they come. That you know what, we are coming here, not to come and take over your work, but we are coming. So that in case there is an emergency, we can make ourselves available. And we want to find out, do you have this, and do you have this, and do you have that, and do you have this? So that when there is an emergency, we can get involved. And then if they say, we don't have this, we don't have that, then they say, okay, we can bring this gadget from Accra, we can bring this equipment from Accra, we can do this and we can do that and we can do that and then on every three people are coming here we have medical officers in it then the buses you don't leave only women to travel in a bus you will have to put security men in the bus just in case some notorious person attacks them i said some of the battles are in the realm of the spirit some of the battles are in the realm of the physical and you must prepare physically and spiritually to with every emergency the church cannot keep hiding behind prayer we can't keep hiding behind prayer everything we are praying everything we are praying I believe in prayer but oh boy God created a human being spirit, soul and body and what the body should do the spirit will never do it. If you want the food you are eating, give it to your spirit to eat and see whether your spirit will digest kinky. Oh yeah, it's not possible. Spirit does not eat kinky. If you want, tell your soul to rise up and pump your tire because you have a flat tire. You say, oh my soul, rise up and pump the tire. It's not possible because it is human hands and human brain. Now them, they pump tire. You understand what I'm saying? So Abraham, they came and took the people. And he said, this one is not a prayer topic. It is a topic for cutlasses and guns. See about friend. The man didn't have AK-47. But they had sword and weapons. Aya! Father Abraham, I can imagine Abraham leading an army. And they are not going to a prayer meeting. They are going to fight. They are going to beat the sense out of some senseless kings that made an attempt to attack his family. And I pray, Yakaraboha, may God equip you in every way to fight for your family. Fight for your children, fight for the land, fight for the region, fight for Ghana, fight for Africa, fight for the world. Am I preaching to somebody at all? I'm preaching. I told mommy this week, I said, Pearl, I have not written half of this book. I said, Book Nukram and If I want to mark the percentage of this book, I'll give it 30%. Book in Mantra. <clears throat> I wrote this book in 2013. Now I have grown by another over 20 years. 2013 to now is not 20 years. But in the spirit and in my mind, I have grown more than 20 years. 
So Abraham went and fought the people. And the Bible said, after fighting them, the Bible said he defeated them. And after defeating them, he brought back all the people and the goods. Then the king of Sodom met him and tried to enter an arrangement with him. And said, keep the, he said, keep the people. No, keep all the goods and just give me the people. And Abraham said, I'm not going to receive anything from you unless you say I have made Abraham rich. But Abraham fought the war and brought back all the goods and the people. That is the scripture I was looking for. He fought them and brought the goods. I like that. And he brought back all the goods. And also brought again his brother Lot and his goods, and the women also, and the people. Until you fight. We talk about Abraham the tithe, Pastor John. But if Abraham was not a man of war who fought and got the people and the goods, how could he be a tithe? So today I pray. That God will inject in you the spirit of a warrior, the spirit of a fighter. Because until you fight, you can never get the money. And if you don't get the money, you cannot be a tiger. So receive the spirit of a warrior. Receive the spirit of a fighter. Some of the fight is in the physical, some of the fight is in the mental, some of the fight is in the social. My goodness. Wherever witches and wizards are controlling the money, you have the power for spiritual warfare, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Occultists are controlling money. Ah, witches are controlling money. Wizards are controlling money. Diviners are controlling money. May you receive the spiritual capacity to fight at that level and get the money out of their hands. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Receive the capacity to fight and take the money out of their hands. money is in the domain of cyber war computers oh boy there is some of the money until you guys become computer experts I'm not listen in America when they did the recent elections they are still fighting over whether Russia interfered with, interfered with the elections or not. Because these days, it's not just human beings that are voting that is important. Computers rise up and vote. Computers are voting. Computers are creating things that don't exist. Computers can put cigarettes in your mouth when you have never smoked a cigarette. It is warfare. If somebody wants to destroy you, they can take your picture and put it in a beer bar and say they caught you in a beer bar and you've never entered the beer bar. May our computer people be smarter than who the, the, the 
than what they are and they should not sit in the church like St. Augustine or St. Francis of Assisi and these days a lot of people that are doing ministry will tell you that the finances in their ministry don't come from tithe and offering it comes from computer you see all the people that follow us online 10,000 20,000, 40,000, 6,000. Some insult us online, but where are the others who are saying, Amen, preach on? Hallelujah. That's a good word. They receive all the word, but they don't contribute anything. Can you imagine if 6,000 people followed you online and all of them decided to be a blessing to the ministry? Some of the war. It's in computer. 